Welcome to Ask Abby, a podcast where I help women who have a tough decision to make to connect to the inner wisdom of their body, find their own answers, and move forward. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ask Abby. We have the wonderful Kara Packnuke here with me, who is a good friend of mine. Hi, Kara. Hi, Abby. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're very excited to have you on. Um, Kara owns her own um, nutrition business. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the biz and what you do and all that good stuff? Sure. So I opened Nourish and Nash Nutrition in September of 2019. It is a private practice um, located in Madison, Connecticut. And (laughs) originally the business plan was to counsel individuals along the shoreline, but obviously that all changed exactly six months into the business COVID hit. So I had to pivot and work from home for a couple months. And in a few weeks, you know, when everything was kind of shaky, I transitioned from working with just local people to opening my doors to the entire country. So silver lining of the pandemic is now I'm a nutritionist who is helping individuals from all over the country, which was never, ever, ever, ever on my radar. So I'm, I'm now fully back into my office and doing a beautiful combination of some local and some, um, you know, literally all over the country counseling. And so it's been it's, it's been a journey <laughs> to say the least. I feel like that's one of the coolest thing about the pandemic is that it's kind of like opened us up to having access to people all over the world. Cause I'm in the same boat, moving my business online. I have friends now all over the world, you know, clients all over the world and it's super cool. Yeah, it really was, you know, when I was brainstorming the, the couple months that I took off to, well, literally figure out how to start a business as a nutritionist, they don't teach you that in graduate school. And I never thought, I I thought so local, like everything I was focusing on was just shoreline Connecticut, shoreline Connecticut, even like going inland felt too, like, I didn't want to put money into marketing dollars that was going to hit them because I'm like, no one's going to drive to see me. I tried doing a virtual model when I opened, not one person ever. I mean, that wasn't a thing then. Um, in it, you know, when everything happened, all my clients were like, I'll wait till this is over and then I'll come back and set up an appointment for you. And it's like about two weeks and I'm like, Hey, so this isn't going anywhere. Like, let's get you back on a schedule. And it was really, I mean, obviously those first couple months were really hard when we're all terrified. We're working from home. I've lost childcare. So I was trying to balance taking care of my then one and a half year old and run the business. I have a husband who's a teacher. So that almost took priority. Um, and it was really, really hard. And then as things sort of evolved and I got more comfortable with doing things virtually, it just opened up so many doors that I never thought was even possible. So yes, silver lining. I am still even seeing people who are local virtually, because they don't want, you know, it, it just, it works out almost. It's actually as a nutritionist to be in someone's kitchen has been really cool. So I'm like, Hey, show me around your kitchen, show me your pantry, show me what you have. Um, that's never been, I've never been able to do that in a practice. And so it's been really cool. And yeah, also never- watching people eat on camera is really fun too. 
I'm like, oh, you're going to hear about that. <laughs> you that got a little kitchen door. Like, I'm like, I'm like, you can make lunch while we're chatting. That's cool. Oh yeah. I'm guilty of that eating on calls. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. They're like, oh, she's a nutritionist. She won't care. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you fill everybody in a little bit on like where you're feeling a little stuck, like where you're getting caught up. So as I've shared with you in the past, and I was thinking about this today, actually, do you remember when we had a little zoom hangout right around the holidays and we went around our group and we said, what are our intentions for 2021? And it was really cool. It was posed by another friend of ours. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, all right, like I've been trying to think about like my word for 2021. And I don't remember if it was like hustle or motivation, but I just had this really strong feeling of, I need to work harder. I need to, you know, with 2020, a lot of my time got taken away. The, the time I would have wanted to spend growing the business got taken away either having to take care of my child or, um, you know, I, it just wasn't, it, it, I wasn't putting the time in that I originally thought I would. And so I'm like, I'm going to go into 2021, you know, busting my butt, working even harder. <laughs> and it's like, now I kind of feel like I, like what, like, I don't have somebody to, like, I don't have coworkers. I don't have someone to like bounce ideas off of. I don't have someone to like steer me in a direction. So I am literally wearing every hat as a business owner, as we all do. And I just feel not that I'm feeling burnt out, but I just constantly am like, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. Like there's not enough hours in the day to do X, Y, and Z ideas come in the middle of the night. And I just, I'm happy. It's it, it all feels so overwhelming. I never really thought, you know, when starting the business, I, I, like many of us, it's like, oh, it's going to come easily. Clients are just going to like flock to me. Like they're just going to magically know where I am. Obviously that's not the case. Um, but I just feel like I constantly need to be productive or I'm not working hard enough. And then I kind of feel shame around that, which is tough. Yes. And I'm so glad that this is what we're talking about today, because I think every single person listening is gonna be like, oh my God, yes, that's me. Right. (laughs) It's this gremlin that's constantly like, I'm not worthy or like my business isn't going to be successful unless I'm constantly doing things and I'm constantly working hard. And it's that like, it's that hustle. It's like you read these books from these like other, you know, female entrepreneurs and they're like, I was up until midnight working on like, sure. Have I had nights where I'm sitting down in my dungeon basement on my computer? Like I worked last night kind of late, but at the same time, like I feel guilty if I'm not staying up late every night working. But then if I did that, I'm going to feel like crap the next day. I'm going to like, then when I sit down and I'm on camera with a client and I'm trying to pull inspiration about healthy eating habits, when in reality, like I feel like crap, I didn't sleep. I'm on like my second cup of coffee. Like how am I, how am I going to properly serve my people if I'm running myself ragged? But at the same time, I feel pressure to be doing that. And then shame if I don't do that. It's like, what, what, (laughs) this is not something I anticipated when I, when I opened my practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like logically on a logical level, you know, okay, staying up till midnight, I feel like shit. I'm not going to be able to serve people. I'm not going to be able to show up my best, but there's still that pressure of just like, 
hey, hey, you have so much to do. There's so much to get done. Um, and do you, do you think that there's something around there almost of like, okay, well, if I don't do anything, my business is going to fail and I'm not going to make any money and I'm going to starve and I won't be able to feed my kid. And is that kind of where the brain goes? Well, it's funny. You posted something. We're going back real deep into your social media, but like you posted something. I think I even commented where I was like, oh my God, like this is this, I, this is how I feel where it's like, you have a really good week. You feel on top of the world. You feel so good. And then the second the pendulum swings and it could be a day where like the phone doesn't ring, you didn't book that person and like you're back down to feeling terrible again. And it's like the pendulum is swinging way more than I ever thought it would. And it's like the, the highs are high and the lows are really low. But the second you're low, it's like, why like, what can I be doing to get back that feeling of accomplishment when, yeah, it's just, it's just constantly, I constantly feel like I need to be doing more. And I don't know, I was wondering this too, before we chatted, maybe this stems from like years of having bosses constantly saying like, what could you, what else could you be doing? What else could you be doing? What else? You, you can lean, you can clean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How many times I've heard that in my life? <laughs> It's like you, when you don't have someone saying it to you and it's like that inner voice of being like, if you lean, you can clean. It's like, oh, you shouldn't be scrolling like Instagram in the middle of the day. Like you should be making calls, hustle, hustle, hustle. But uh, it's, it's not, it kind of like ruins the joy of like not having bosses, like having that freedom and flexibility, you know? Yeah. So I think my first question for you, um, and this is really common, right? This is, I, all of us struggle with this. Whatsoever, and you told me this is kind of what you wanted to chat about today. I was like, yes, great. My first question for you would be like, well, what does success mean to you? You know, like what would be the markers of a successfulness for you? Yeah, that, it's a very good question. You know, obviously there's the money aspect. So money in the bank always feels good. Yeah. But sometimes it's even just the prospect of money in the bank, meaning somebody has, you know, you do a consultation, it goes great. Um, They book their appointment for the next week. And, you know, even if they're not paying me right then and there, I know, I know, I, I know I've got that. I know I've got their interest. I know we had a connection. This is going to potentially be a long-term client. This is great. I feel like it's for me, success is, well, it's funny. It's like success is either how many people am I connecting with that week or, but then, at the, and that's the thing. If I don't connect with it, like who's setting those standards? I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like I, I look on paper. I'm like, wow, I had a lot of appointments this week, but I still didn't feel like it was a good week, which does not make sense. Yeah. So what, what about that when you have a full week where you helped a lot of people and you, you know, you saw a lot of clients and you, at the end of the week, feel kind of like, uh, what's that about? Because I feel like I'm not putting time into other things like marketing, like social media, like recipe development. I feel like I put the pressure in making the connections with the clients many times running over my allotted time with them because I don't know when to shut up. (laughs) And, And I, you know, part of this is probably residual 2020, like we're so 
and it's from, um, I see it on the other side. It's like, they're so desperate to talk to someone about the issues that they're having, um, that it go, you know, it, it extends on the time. So this period of time turns into a larger period of time that I'm working with people in this period of time is now taken away from again, marketing or, um, putting ideas into, into motion. I have all these ideas, but then to execute it, well, I need time to execute it, but I also need time to see all the clients. So which one, which do I pick? So if I have a busy week, great, but then I didn't work on this. But if I had a light week and I worked on this, I feel bad about myself because I didn't see so many people, but I can't possibly, there's not enough hours in the day to do both. So I get stuck in this like constant cycle of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm talking too much with people. I'm it's like this internal dialogue of being my own boss and almost being like a micromanager. <laughs> like I'm, it's like, I, it's like I'm being a bratty boss to myself. Yeah. And are you happy with the income you're making? Uh, COVID I got hit hard by COVID. Um, who didn't, who didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Also, <laughs> but, but what was tough is I wasn't, I wasn't in a confident place when COVID hit. Yeah, you just so started. I just started, you know, six months in. So when COVID hit, I I was growing. I wasn't growing at the pace I had I had originally thought I would. Then COVID hit, things really ground to a halt. Um, but I was busting my butt a lot during that time because I wasn't seeing a lot of people because people were putting things on hold until COVID, you know, it was sort of a shaky, that March, April, May period was really shaky. Summertime is typically not the busiest time for a nutritionist. Um, I would say things started to improve because people were home. You know what I mean? Like they weren't going on vacation. So that helped. I would say once fall, I would say by October, November, December, is when I really started to, to pick up some momentum. Um, and this year has been great because the virtual model works. Yeah. The virtual model is working for me. Um, did it work in the spring? Not as much, you know, people are way more comfortable. Like, and the other nice thing is like, not that my office, I mean, it doesn't matter where my office is, but they're able to put me in the middle of their day. Yeah. Whereas before I would have these huge gaps in the middle of my day at my previous job, you know, lunchtime, about a three hour period that nobody would come in. It's why a lot of gyms close in the middle of the, in the, middle of the day. Yeah. Um, so that's different. I'm now swamped in the middle of my day because I get people during their lunch breaks. Yeah. So, so things have picked up. Your business is going, you're full, you're, you're making it up. It sounds like you're not like scrambling at the end of every week, but you still don't feel like you've done enough. No. And there is a little, I know this is one of your favorite things to talk about. There is a little bit of imposter syndrome because I, I don't typically make clients because of social media. That is not my, my demographic is on Facebook. I would say they're not necessarily on Instagram, um, but they're finding me through other avenues, but so many other nutritionists are so active on social media that I'm like, well, why, like I need to be doing this. Or if I cook something and this, this has been since day one, it's like, I, I go to prepare a meal 
And it's like, when I'm enjoying it, I'm like, why the hell didn't I take pictures? Like, what am I doing? Like why I'm really, I'm, I suck at social media. This is why I'm not good at this because I don't think, oh, this is an opportunity to take some, you know, beautiful photo of my cutting board with the vegetables being cut. Because in reality, I'm streaming your podcast. I am trying to kick the dog away from my feet. I'm cutting stuff so fast because I have like 10 minutes to cook. I mean, literally last night I'm listening to your podcast. I'm cooking something. And I thought to myself, you know, this could be really beautiful, but I don't have time for this. Like I have to get this in the pan. I have to get this cooking before my next appointment. So it's, I keep feeling like all these other people are doing it. They, they have this time to, and, and in reality, they probably hi, have hired someone to do a lot of this stuff, but I don't, I don't, I know. And I don't, I'm not even thinking that I'm just like, well, I, I clearly suck at this. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm the worst. I like, I, I really like, I suck at social media. Like I'm a millennial. This should come naturally to me. What's wrong with It doesn't with come it? naturally to me at all. And you know, I pay someone to do help me. Exactly. I mean, obviously she doesn't do all of it for me because it's like my accounts, but like I do pay someone to help me because it's, it's doesn't come naturally to me. Well, my other question for you is like, that's why I'm wondering, like, what's your idea of success? Like, do you want to be a nutrition influencer? I thought when I opened the practice, I like envisioned that. And in a way, like I'm doing this program right now through, oddly enough, through social media. Um, and I've had, it, it's just women at this moment. I'm, I, I'm part, I, I have partnered with a personal trainer. We're doing this like virtual um, health and nutrition thing that through a Facebook group. And this is our second round of it. And I've had women from the first round quote me back, like quote me to me when I've chatted with them, they're like, oh, well, you always say, and they're like quoting me. And I'm like, oh my God, like these women are actually listening to me. Like they're watching my Facebook lives. They are taking snippets of things that I've said. It has stuck with them. And now they're quoting it back to me, which is like, I've never had that sort of happen. Or how people say like, I can hear you in my head saying whatever. Um, so in a way I've just kind of recently been dipping my toe because it might, I'm having this outreach. Um, it's the only thing that I've done again, like I'm not good with Insta stories, but like this Facebook group with these Facebook lives, the first time I ever filmed a Facebook live was for these groups. So then the, the, the snowball starts, well, if this is working, I should be using this to my advantage. I should be doing this and this and this and this so that I'm giving a value add to my, like, and it, it like gets this earworm in my head of always needing to do more. Yeah. But then like, <laughs> yeah, like when's enough enough. When's it like, what is success? Yeah. I don't know. And so that's why I asked is like, do you want to be one of these nutrition people on Instagram or whatever? Or is that just pressure? You know, that's because you, you have a pretty full practice. So not yeah. to say you don't have room for more people, but like, if you don't want to be a nutrition influencer, then that's just pressure. You're just feeling that pressure from other people that this is something you feel like you should be doing. Agreed. And, and I, I, when you ask me like, where's your demographic, what's, what, what is your demographic doing? They're browsing the internet. You know, they're not necessarily, you know, I look for people with very specific ailments. I look for people who have 
specific diseases. You know, they're not necessarily on Instagram. You're not looking to be like the Instagram photos of my food girl. But I don't know where this pressure is. I mean, this pressure is coming because I'm, I'm, you know, devouring this social media and I'm like, I need to be doing that too. But in reality, that's not make, at the end of the day, that is not building my success. It's not making me any money. My clients- You know how many girls spend so much time posting on their freaking social media and make no money? Like I want everybody to understand that. A lot of these, like some of them do, but a lot of these people who are just like out there putting out nutrition, it's not necessarily for money. And if your practice right. is doing well without it, then no one says you need to do it. And, and that's the thing I think about like my time, like since becoming a mom, my time is no longer my time. Yeah. Losing full like daycare. Like I, we, we chose not to put her back into daycare. You know, my, I have to be really careful with my time. And so to stop making dinner, to take the perfect photo, like I don't have time for that. I do not have time for that. And is it really going to change? the outcome of your business? No, I, I do. I, I will say, I do think it, it gives me a little street cred that I'm active enough on it that my last post wasn't a year ago or six months ago. Like, so I, it's like, I have to be active enough, but like you said, it's like that time is not, but you don't need to be like an influencer. Yeah. You can probably post once a week. Sure. I should be. Or sometimes, then sometimes it's like four times a week. I'm so inconsistent. It's, and it's that's okay too. Like there's nothing wrong with inconsistency. And especially like you're not trying to, if you were like, ah, oh, I'm desperate for clients. I really want online clients. I need to get them online. My goal is to grow my online business. Like then, yeah. Okay. We should talk about posting more, but like, it's not really sounds like where you're at. Right. Although it'd be fun to kind of, that, that does sound, see, this is the thing. I'm always like, but that sounds good. I should be doing this. (laughs) So I think what for you, you need to get clear on is like, what does success look for like for you? And like, what do you want this business to look like? Like when you started talking about the Facebook group and the Facebook lives, you lit up, you totally lit up and you were like, I love to do these videos. So what's about that? Well, I pre pandemic, I like, it's funny it's probably because I'm like the youngest child. I like love being like the center of attention. Like, come see me speak at the library. Come see me speak at the gym or whatever. I like, listen, if you said, Kara, sit down and like, write me a page on why, write me an article on why gut health is important for the immune system. I'm like, oh, like I feel like I'm back in school and I like struggle with that give me a microphone, give me a stage. And I'm like, yeah, like I, all day, every day. So I spoken like a true fourth line, by the way, for my human designs listening, (laughs) Kara is a two, four. (laughs) Yes. Me and my networking. I'm like, let give me, give me a microphone. Give me 30 seconds. I will charm you hopefully, or annoy you. Um, I lost all that. I lost all of that when it's so funny looking back in January of 2020, I gave an awesome presentation on routines and rituals. And at the end of my presentation, I was like, what healthy, what healthy rituals do you want to add into your 2020? Which is hilarious. Looking back at it now. Looking back, I'm like, God, like I was so positive and I was so hopeful. Um, that went all down the drain. Um, but I, I like, but I lost all that. And so now is it ideal sitting in my basement talking into a camera to 
you know, 10 women from around our country in our Facebook group, is it ideal? No, but do I love it? Yes. Like I literally, it like feeds my soul in a way that I never, ever. And the first time I ever pressed like create live video or whatever you press, I like wanted to vomit. I was like, this is so weird. Nobody's going to watch. And then I got more people watching a Facebook live than I normally get in an in-person event. I was like, yeah, oh, I bet. this is different. Like, and that, that felt, that reminded me of like why I, well, one, why I love nutrition and I love teaching, but it also like reminded me of like why I'm doing this. Like I want to reach people. I want to, in, <laughs> to use your words, like I kind of want to influence people, but because everything changed, I kind of went through months and months and months of just not feeling like I'm doing enough because I've lost so much. Like I lost my, like I lost my mojo there for a long time. Um, I think that's probably where a lot of the pressure comes from because, you know, now, even just before booking this, hopping on the, on the call with you, I booked another speaking engagement at a place an hour away that I'm actually going to drive to and do. And it's like, Oh my God, like people actually, and like, they're paying me for it. I used to do free say, is it paid? Yeah. People pay now. Like this was something, this is an area I never, I, I used to, again, cause it wasn't my own business. I would give free presentations constantly. And it was a lot of work and it was a lot of time and it was a lot of energy. And now I'm realizing like, companies have budgets for things like this. Um, which I never, I never thought to ask. And I never was felt confident enough to be, to even know that like, Hey, I'm actually worth a dollar amount to drive an hour to speak for 45 minutes and then drive home. Yeah. And you Um, are a great speaker, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm just now like this year, finally, finally getting that back, which has, but which then like, it is so, it's, it's this like constant back, this pull where it's like, I love doing that. I should be doing, but again, like the wheels are constantly turning. Like I should be doing more of this. How do I do more? How do I create this? Like, how do I get more people? And again, not from like an influencer standpoint, but more of a, almost like a value add. Like people are paying me money for a service. How can I give them more value? And I think that's like, it, it probably to like, dig deeper. It's like knowing my own value and trying to figure that out too. That's been a really hard, probably one of the hardest things about starting a business is like having to charge people money for you, like not what you're representing, but like you as an individual, that is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You're way more confident of that stuff than I, and we've talked about this where you're like, and you're, you've always been, I mean, even from the get-go, you've always been really inspiring when I was making that transition or even just that, like, should I, shouldn't I, like, am I ready to do this? And I was like, like, do it, start a business. <laughs> literally you were like, just do it. Like, stop, like, just, just be confident that you can do it. And I was like, okay, Abby, I'm going to do it. But then I would see you, like, I remember when you got your first office on that main street and you were like painting it. and I ran into it, like the farmer's market. And I was like, I want an office to paint. Like that was my first thought. I'm like, I want to have a space that's just mine, that people come to that space just to see me. And now you have that. And instead of celebrating it, you're saying it's not enough. I'm not doing enough. Agreed. More. I need more. 
Agreed. So what could you do to celebrate those small steps along the way? And do you celebrate those small steps along the way? Celebrate those steps? No. No. Most people don't. So we set our goals on these things and we're never appreciating them. It's always like, well, more, I want more. I could be doing more. I should be doing more. I have 10 clients, but I should have 15 clients. Now I have 15, but I should have 20, right? And it's that never ending. And you're never going to get out of that, right? If you stay stuck in that mindset, nothing ever is going to feel like enough. Well, it's sort of like, yeah. And it's, it's that, it's that idea that you don't have someone above you, like pushing you in a way it's like, you're, I mean, it sucks when it comes from someone else, because it is, if you're in a position where like the person who's pushing you is not doing it in a way that is conducive to how you, you know, like the mean coach or like the support, like you never know who you're going to get. And it's like, I, since I don't have that now, I'm like putting all of that on me of you have to be doing more care. You have to be making more phone calls. Like, no, you can't leave the office until you call three people, you know, or, or I, I put these weird things on my head and then like, I'm getting home late and I'm not spending as much time with my family. Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel better after you do those things? Once in a blue moon. <laughs> if someone answers their phone and they're like, I'd love to book with you. I'm like, yes. Like all, and it's funny. Cause it's like, when that happens in my head, I'm like, Oh, all that hard work. I got something out of it. But there are days where it's like, I bust my butt when I should be going home. And I'm like, oh, just one more, just one more person. And I get nothing from it. And I go home feeling so defeated. And so like, like, that's you, Kara. Like, that's your fault. Like, I'm beating myself up about it. Yeah. How's that feel? Can I swear? Mm -hmm. Shitty. Feels super shitty. I mean, have you listened to the words come out of my mouth ever? That's true. <laughs> you know me, right? I do know. Yeah, you. this is an explicit podcast. We are Mark explicit. <laughs> <laughs> are you really? Oh yeah, I yeah, I swear swear enough that we have to be. <laughs> I mean, it is like it, we'll go back to your question of like, do you celebrate? I don't think I celebrate even when I hit goals. If I do set goals for myself, goal driven, you know, I, I like that stuff. Um, mm. Although I don't give myself a hard time if I don't reach it, I'll just be like, yeah, better, better look next time. Or it, it's usually like, you know, I had to be placed in quarantine for one week in, I don't know if it was January or February. And I had, it was a super crappy week because I wasn't booking new people because I was in court. Truly my husband and I, we were in quarantine. We didn't leave our house. We didn't see anybody. Um, so I gave myself a little bit of grace during that time because it you can't predict it. It's like you go home on Friday from work, you find out Sunday you were, a, not me, but my husband was a very close contact to someone who tested positive. It's like, well, there goes this week. But then what? what's crazy is then that following week, it's like someone's lit a fire under my butt and it's like in a, in a good way, but then also in a... <laughs> I didn't like, get anything done last I have to I work, get, like I yeah. have to work twice as hard because I lost an entire week of, of any sort of outreach because I was stuck home. I was doing zoom calls with clients while my daughter like drew on a piece of paper in front. I mean, she, they were always, they were all very good about it, but it was like, geez, like an absolute nightmare. And who's putting that pressure on me? Me. Yeah. 
And so when you do this outreach, I'm curious about this. When you do this outreach, is it, um, you're just like, are you like reaching out to people who you've gotten? So this is, I use that service I've talked to you about. Um, so I reach out to people who are looking for a nutritionist. So I, listen, I don't know how I found this thing. I don't know. And I don't know if I could, I could mention the name of it. Yeah, I think so. I don't. It's called Bark. It's like a service thing you do online. And I, I had signed up for it when I started the business. You know, you put your little bubble over Madison, Connecticut, half my bubbles over the Long Island Sound. So it was kind of a silly, it was just a thing. My name was on it. I was listed. Never thought twice about it. All of a sudden during the pandemic, they took my like area out of the equation. So now I'm getting leads from all over the country. Now, a lot of these leads are not appropriate for what I do. There's certain areas of nutritional counseling. I don't go there. There are certain areas I love. And if I see one of those areas, I will say, I will pay the however many dollars to reach out to this person. So what's helpful is they've already made the decision. I'm looking for a nutritionist. I've hit a point in my life where I need help. And so I am getting, my leads are very, very valuable to me because these are people who we know are actively looking for nutritional counseling. Again, of all the leads, I, it's a handful a, a week that I'm actually reaching out to. And if I get one, you know, that's a win for me. So that's what I say by outreach. What's been funny is with now that things have settled a little bit, my like local, my local, whatever clientele has been increasing. And that just started happening recently because I haven't paid attention to the local stuff. Cause why do I need to, if there's somebody in California who I get along with beautifully, who has a very specific issue that I'm really good at helping. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. And so out of those leads, you, you do like a ham, you reach out to like a handful a week. You said, do you, do you, you convert them into clients that often? Like, is it they answer the phone? Yes. I, if they, if, if I talk to them, but what's the challenge? How often do they, that's what I want to know. Like how often is oh. this paying off? How much time are you putting into this that it's actually paying off for you? Like oh, if 100%. you look at your client load, are most of them coming from that website? 100%, yeah. 100%. Okay. So, so it is pay, definitely the, paying off for you. My return on investment in this is ridiculous. Yeah. And um, I tried that website. I had very opposite results for the coaching sphere, but I didn't try it that long either. So no, this, I mean, the, again, it, you know, I have like a Newtown, Connecticut phone number that pops up. So, you know, if someone's in Texas and see someone from Newtown, Connecticut, you know, I will say this nowadays because of the vaccine stuff, because of so many things, it's like when a phone, when a number's calling you, I feel like people are a little bit more inclined to answer it these days. I don't know why. I mean, I feel like I answer the phone more, like if a random number is calling, like you never, never do. I never answer the phone. Not even from people I know. I'm like paranoid that like someone's dead. So I answer the phone literally every time. I keep mine on do not disturb. People will always be like, I call and your phone goes right to voicemail. I'm like, huh, how weird. Wait, for real? All the time. It's probably on do not disturb right now. So funny. No, but I, I don't like, use my phone number for my business. Like I don't use my phone for my business. Right. My, my phone, my personal phone is not my business phone. Yeah. Like um, I don't do anything through the phone. So gotcha. Not really but yeah, me. though that, um, what's been super tough. Didn't predict this time, time differences. 
So working with people on West Coast time. Yeah. That's tough. But it is. It's kind of fun though. So where, where is Nourish and Nosh Nutrition? What in five years from now, all things aside, all concerns aside, what would that look like for you? Like what would the dream Nourish and Nosh look like for you? Well, you know, a little bit of my dream of my dream dream would be to be under this beautiful umbrella of female wellness ladies, AKA our group of friends, our group of friends is all that. Yeah. Literally. Um, that, I mean, my dream would be to like partner with people and almost have like nourish and nosh with like under an umbrella with other practitioners collabs and yeah, like, yeah I'm big on the collabs and I think it's probably probably stems from working solo as as a nutritionist I worked solo almost my entire career even if I had co-workers they were never in my direct space uh, <clears throat> they were in a different business or being in a different office or like like actual physical location you know a phone call away or something so I think I've always been, I've always sort of gained energy from other, you know, strong female entrepreneurs in this industry. I, I, I feed off of that. So I think Nourish and Nosh would, would go beautifully with other, you know, practices either under the same roof or virtual roof. I mean, that, you know, everything is kind of shifted in that sense. Um, I would love to be more of that sort of influencer, but have help with that. Certainly that would be a goal. You know what a big goal would be higher help. That would be a huge goal. Get to the point where I feel confident in outsourcing. Things. Why aren't you at that point now? I know I very, I could be at that point. Biggest mistake I see people make because we keep saying, oh, when I can afford it, when it makes sense, when, but it's like, how can you grow without help? Right. Right. So you want to share that name with the your social media? My, my VA. Oh my God. I was just laughing. So I talked to her this morning and she has had like seven people reach out to her in the last month who came from me just because of me singing her praises. So, I mean, I could definitely send you her way. Um, and I think it's something to consider, you know, like I wasn't ready to hire her when I did, I couldn't really afford it. My numbers didn't really make sense for me to hire someone, but I bringing my business online, like I couldn't keep up with the podcast, the social, the emails all by myself. And I couldn't grow without doing that stuff. So I, I just had to do it. You know what I mean? I just had to be like, okay, I'm investing in this and it's going to pay a, off. And that's the thing. It shows like, it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's, it's like, I look at what you're producing and I'm like, I, that, that would be a goal would be like, I want to get to that level. Why can't I get to that level? Like why? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, you sometimes just have to like do the thing and hire the person. Um, because like any, and really it all depends on your goals. You know what I mean? Like you, and then like this Facebook group, like I'm interested in this, like, have you ever thought about making a Facebook group that you market in where you just go live? No, not until this, because well, part of it just 
being a, like a healthcare professional, there's HIPAA that I have to abide by. Oh, I hadn't even thought about HIPAA. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've normally never done it. The thing that I'm doing right now, it is very clear. It is not HIPAA compliant in the sense that it is a, it is a, it, it means private, but it's like a public, it's a public yeah. platform, um, you know, but they know that going into it. It's a, it's not my clients per se. It's, it's a, it's a different concept, but that model is I'm drawn to that model of yeah. that. Bruce. I don't know how to, I don't know how to make that work in terms of like for my business. Um, I don't think I can like legally make, I don't think I could legally really do it just for my clients. But I think if it was a public thing that some, they had a passport or not passport, like a password to join something, then I think I could get away with it, but it wouldn't just be clients. So that's like the tough thing. For like a group for you to just like use for marketing or for like a group for you to actually like present or teach or, you know, yeah, I don't know yet. This, 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 this is what keeps me up at night. This is what I like lay in bed thinking about. This is what, you know, I like draw out ideas in my like handy dandy notebook. (laughs) It's like, how do I turn these ideas into actual things? This yeah. is where really, this is where it's really tough of not having coworkers to be like, "Hey, do you think this is a good idea?" This Facebook group thing was not my idea. This was the trainer's idea. She sort of invited me, like, "Hey, is this something you're interested in?" Yeah, and I'm loving it, but it w- it didn't come from me. Yeah, I'm not. A, it's, that's okay. I mean, that's like she that this is something she's really good at. I mean, but it's now taught me something. It's add I've added something to my skill set, but then. Like, how do I, like, it, it's sort of like the, the wheels are trying, like, how do I, you know, and again, this is what keeps me up at night. How do you bring this into your own business? Yeah. And as a fourth line, so I haven't really talked about your human design at all, but she's a two, four sacral generator. Um, and it's funny because you're a two, four, but I feel like your four is very much so more present than your two. Um, two my, my hermit four is my opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this kind of push pull between like needing to do a lot of things alone, like not wanting to be near people, like needing your space and your alone time and wanting to make connections with people, networking and like really getting into it. And oftentimes for us, I'm a fourth line too. And oftentimes for us fourth lines, how you're going to get opportunities in your business is through collaborations is through other women, right? Like, so you're really onto something, I think with the speaking, the collabs, the women's group, all of that. Like I, I think that's perfect for you. It's very appropriate for you. And I think that, that you, you're going to naturally be drawn to that. And you are such a people person and such a good speaker and such a good educator. So it's like, how can you bring that element into your business, but have it feel good and easy? Right. Right. In a virtual world too. Yeah. What have, what are the ideas you've kind of tossed around around it? Like, what are you working with? One idea that I've had is doing a Facebook group where you have to have a password to get in. That was one idea. Does um, that exist? I, I, I'm in Facebook groups where you, like the, you have to have a password to get in. So it's like a membership almost. Yeah. But like the password's like well-known, like it's not like hidden. Um, that was one idea. I've had idea. I had this one idea. I'm technically still doing it. Um, I called it my pilot program, but I haven't done anything else with it. I started this like accountability program where I text probably 
20 individuals. I handpick them. So 20 individuals that I work with and I text them maybe three to four times a week out of the blue. Um, cause my work phone is an iPhone and the text will say something like, Hey, you know, today's Tuesday, what's for dinner. If you haven't planned it yet, you know, really think about it. Do you need to defrost something or do you need to stop at the store on the way home? Or this is your friendly reminder to go drink a large glass of water. Um, it, it's totally random of when I do it, but I am, and I have it like written out. I just copy and paste it. I send it to the 20 people individually. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm like in their phone, if I'm prompting them to do something, I'm helping to hold them accountable. Maybe this is like a service I could eventually charge. Um, it's tough because I, I, I don't know if my clients think a robot is doing this. Like I've had to say to a few where I'm like, you know, this is me. Like you can respond. I get like crickets a lot of times. Like no one says anything back. So that it seemed like a good idea in my head. And I think like 20% of the people are benefiting. So that's been tough. Cause it's like an idea that's kind of flopping. I love this idea personally, but I almost get the sense of where you're going wrong. Is that like, these people haven't consented to that. Like they, they haven't agreed to that. And right. in my they, head, they know this is a pilot program. They know this, I'm trying something out. Oh, you're just test running it. Yeah. I'm test what, running. What I see can I project? Can I just project Obviously. what I see you doing? Because yes. I think what you're doing is charging for sessions and then texting them that you don't really know how to charge for it. Um, but what if you charge them a monthly rate, a much higher monthly rate that included monthly sessions plus access to you via text whenever they wanted? They can text you whenever they want with support of how do I make that? Uh, what do I do for dinner? Oh my gosh, this, whatever, whatever they want to text you about. Oh, I just ate pizza. I feel terrible. Can you help me work through that? Whatever it is that they might need to text you for. Like that's yeah. how I run my coaching programs. So I meet with my clients weekly and then they have access to me. I use Voxer because um, you can voice note. Um, yeah. And then they have access to me via Voxer. So it's a much higher rate that I charge, but it's a monthly rate. So if they reach out to me or if they cancel an appointment, it doesn't matter. They're paying me monthly because- Right. It's a monthly container of support. And then if they call me or need to add on another call, I've had that happen too. If like they're melting down, we put on another call because it's no big deal. It's part of their container. And this could be a way for you to make a little more, support them a little deeper and free up some time for yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you just have clients in this longer term. So here's a question though. When because obviously I'm not set in my like business model. I mean, it's been working for me, but by no means am I. Yeah. You always can change it. I can do whatever I want. That's the beauty of this. When you say you're meeting with them weekly, how long are you meeting them for? I do an hour, but I've been doing 90 minutes a lot just cause I'm a chatterbox. Yeah. So you're, see, that's the thing I like, I'm doing the thing now and everyone's entitled to a free one-on-one. And the first time we did this, it was actually during my quarantine week, I filled every single night with two to three hours of these appointments. And that was really draining because I obviously it was free because it was part of their package of what they paid. Um, So part of me wonders, like if I threw, like if I increased how many hours I'm talking to people a week, will that burn me out? Like these people I'm seeing, I see them for 
five sessions, 10 sessions, 20 sessions. If I saw them weekly for how long I talked to them per visit, I would be, I, well, you, see you don't need to exactly do it weekly. So like, give me your average person, like how often do they come to you and what do they, what do you, how's it usually work? So I do, so I do five, so five, 10 or 20 a lot with virtual, a lot of people start with five, they add five more. Lately I've been getting a lot of tens and twenties, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so they choose when they come in. So often in the beginning, they'll see me once a week, like I'll their first session, I'm putting together a customized plan for them. And they'll usually see me like seven to 10 days sort of depends on like where the weekend falls, either the next week or early the week later, the week after. Um, and then it may be every week. Sometimes it's every 10 days. Sometimes it's every two weeks. I have a few once a monthers. Um, but that's like an hour session per visit. So what if you just came up with a couple different options of like, when someone signs up for you with you, and I think this is the reason I structure it this way too, is it holds people more accountable when they just have one session with you. Like I always said that with massage, they'd come in, they get their massage and they leave and they would never do any of the advice I gave them. They would never do any of the homework because they weren't paying for it. Right. They're paying for this right. hour that they get hands-on work, but with coaching, I have a structure totally different. So you're paying me per month and I might give you homework and people do the freaking homework because they're paying for it. Right. So you and can set up them every I see them weekly. I used to see them bi-weekly, but I actually just didn't like having no contact on the off weeks. It made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. And then I would like psych myself out and get in my own head and be like, well, I should text them. And it's like, it's just easier for me to meet them once a week. That's where this accountability pilot program came from because I'm, I was, I, I wanted to be in their inbox more often to hold them more accountable because the same thing was sort of happening I'm telling them to do things. They don't see me for two weeks. I send them the email, you know, with all the notes we go over and it's like, Bye, good luck. And they're not doing it. Yeah. So if you sell it this way, right. And you say the average person needs to work with me for about three months. I think we should work together meeting every two weeks. You'll have access to me all the time via my phone. And I'll even put you in this Facebook group where you can get access to my trainings and my education. And the rate is X amount a month. And you could customize it. You could either come up with like a signature program. That's just like what you, you know, I would like kind of look at like, what do you average? What do you usually do? But you might have someone who needs to see you every week and other people who need to just do biweekly or monthly. So you could have scales of like, you know, you could just price it out. You could price out. I know people who price it out per person, like kind of how much commitment they think the person's going to need. Um, and, and then you are supporting, like you're, they're going to get better results because they're going to actually do the stuff. Cause you're going to stay on top of them. You're going to get right. paid better. So you're going to free up time to focus on your social media, to focus on your marketing, everything that you feel like you don't have. And you won't feel like you need to constantly be filling your schedule because when people step in with you, they're going to be stepping in and committing to three months, six months, whatever it is that they need. They're not just going to be like, I'm buying five sessions. I'm going to use them whenever I feel like it. And right. Like I hated that about massage. It was always like, Oh, I could never catch up. I was always just filling my schedule with hours and that could never felt like I could catch up. So here's a question for you though. <clears throat> so then this, it's funny that you're saying this because <clears throat> with this accountability pilot program, I've been brainstorming, like reworking some of my structure of, of how I, you know, structure my, my sessions and things like that. Um, what do you do when you have 
like existing clientele and you're introducing something new. Like a new way to structure? Yeah, like I just wonder, like I wouldn't want somebody, I guess I'd really have to play with the numbers, but I wouldn't want somebody to be like, but I'm doing five sessions for this. I guess, I mean, I guess they could do whatever they want. If they wanted to switch to a different model, you would just make it work. Right. Yeah. Like those, you know what I mean? Like, I think whenever you transition, you're going to just have to, I would just start onboarding new people into this new option and not talk to my older clients about it until you feel more confident. And and then you could just say to your older clients, Oh, I'm doing this new thing now. And I'm finding people are getting way better results because I'm actually holding them accountable in between sessions and they're having more access to you, you know, and make sure you charge an amount where like, it's not going to bother you if they're texting you all the time. Right. Like, right. Right. So that's the other thing is like, it needs to be like worth it for them and worth it for you. But if you get some clients into this higher kind of level of support and you're getting a higher level, like then you're not constantly worrying about selling packages. Right. right. And you just know, okay, someone just signed up with me. Like I have two women wrapping up with me at the end of April. So I kind of know, okay, I'm probably going to need to get some new people in starting in May in programs. I just had a girl join in April who stopped into three months. So it's, you know, you'll just kind of set it up that way instead of week to week. Oh, I need to fill up every hour of my time. And probably yeah, you get, then you could set goals of like, okay, I have, a, I have these programs. I just need six people a month to be in a program with me. Like that takes so much of the stress out of it. Right. And you could probably cut, you could probably cut down your outreach majorly because you only are going to have people stepping into new programs sometimes instead of every single week. Right. And right. Right. they are going to get better results because they'll be doing the homework. And I know you know how that is when they come back in and they're like, oh, I didn't do anything. And people also yeah. feel weird texting you. You know, they're not just going to like try because they're not paying you for it. So they're not just going to ask you questions all week. Whereas if, if they're paying for it and that's how the program is set up, I'm here to answer all your questions reach out to me if you're stuck and you want a recipe. Like it it just makes it totally a different experience. No, I like, I mean, I've been, the accountability pilot program sort of. But you're not charging them for it, right? No, because I'm also trying to figure out, no, because I'm trying to figure out how is this, what's, it's been a lot of trial and error on my part of uh, implementing it. Yeah. And whenever you don't charge people for something, which I, it's okay. Cause you're piloting and I get why you didn't, but like, they're not going to text you back as much. Like if that makes I, sense. I have some that have never, and I'm like, do you, th- I almost want to like, re- re- like write to them. Like, do you think this is a robot? Cause it is literally me like on my yeah. phone. Yeah. Like I like, feel like they person. that's why I feel like they either like, they're not committed because you didn't charge them. That's all it is. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. That's all it is. I had a friend recently reached out to me. She wanted to do this program. She wanted to charge nothing for it. I said, do not charge nothing for it. She's like, okay, I'm going to charge $15 a month. I'm like $15 a month. Like that is not worth your time. She ran it. No one showed up. No one does any of the homework. She was like, you're so right. I was like, I know I told you a hundred times because they're not invested. Like think about how many times you sign up for a cheap thing, a a $10 workshop, and then you get out of work and you're tired. But if you'd spent 150 bucks, you're like, yeah, I better show up to that workshop. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they haven't paid anything. So they don't feel like well, when you have to- skin in the game, you, you, you do the work. Yeah. 
I think restructuring your programs in that kind of a way, like that's how I'm doing mine right now. And it's made my life infinitely better. My clients are getting results. They're showing up for the, I feel more supported in the income. Right. And then if they text me, I don't feel salty about it. Like I, if I, right. right? Cause otherwise I would have, I'd be like, no, like I'm not here just for you to text me all day long. I personally right. use Voxer just cause it's, again, it's easier than having them text me. I have it all in one spot, but um, yeah, I could see you. I could see you. I feel like this would take some of the headache out of it. Yeah. And it would commit your people a little bit more. Like if people are buying 10 or 20 sessions, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the same. And I've definitely see, I've seen a big influx in that in the last two months of people really wanting that longer term commitment, as opposed to just five sessions. Like for nutrition, how could you not, how could you not keep, like, it's not a, Oh, I had meet with you once and I'm cured. Like, right. Although I did kind of cure you after one session, no big deal. No big deal. Sorry. Well, obviously I'm special. So. <laughs> no, and even I've been thinking since I had that session with you, like, oh my God, I should book another session with her. I was like, I should book another session with her because I could use to follow up. Right. I have follow-up questions. I, and I feel bad texting you. Like we are friends, but I hate to just ask you for free nutrition advice all the time because it's not cool. Like that's not cool. <laughs> I really don't mind. So it's like, you know, and I think, I think like there is always that accountability piece. I think with a thing like nutrition, you easily could be running this in more of a program style instead of a per session and clients would get more out of it. You would be able to be more supported. I think it's a win, win, yeah. win. You could even work the Facebook group in and include it in their program. No, I definitely, um, I took notes in my handy dandy notebook and I will obviously be picking your, I mean, this, it's funny yeah. that you picked on this because it has been something I've been thinking about, but haven't like put the pen to the paper of what does this look like? What does this look like? Like what, is, and, and it's funny that you bring up the Facebook group because it wasn't really on my radar, but you picked up on the fact that like, I do like that avenue, especially in a virtual world. As soon as so you started talking about it, your whole, like everything changed. It was like, I'm oh, loving it. Facebook group. I'm like, okay. So you obviously love that. <laughs> I just, love, I just, I love talking to people. And it's like, when you sit in an office alone all day and it's like, I'm, I'm in a, and like, people are asking me questions in it, like while I'm talking and I'm like, oh, this like feeds my soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you keep saying like, oh, I don't have a coworker to bounce things off of. Like, that's what your other self-employed friends are for. Like, you can call me any time of day and you know that. And like, I do that a lot with my other friends. I'm like, what do you think of this? How about this? What would you charge for that? What do you think of if I structured it? Like, cause we are like, we're our islands kind of, and we need to kind of lean on each other. And that's part of why I created this podcast is like, it's been so helpful for the other self-employed women who are listening, because I can guarantee you all of them are going through the exact same thing you're talking about right now. And they're like, Oh my God. Yes. Like I, I never thought of that. Right. And it's like yeah. a way to kind of help you guys, um, connect with each other. Yeah, absolutely. So how's this feel? How are you feeling about this kind of structure? Um, I, feel like well, I, think you, I mean, you bring up a big thing of like, what is the expression people say work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Like you're right. This could, even if I, if I change my model a bit, I mean, this is the beauty of being self-employed. I can change it if I want to. Nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Like I could easily, you know, 
obviously if, if I, I, I really, this, this has been on the radar, I really do need to do this. But like, like you said, a new person, they don't need to know what I've been doing. They have no clue. And honestly, the services page of my website is barely touched. So it's not like they're going to like, you know, I could just change it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is definitely, you know, that is definitely an avenue I think I like need to explore. Yeah. Sooner I found, than- you just say, I found that working with people in three months gets you the best results. And in between sessions, you'd also have access to me. So that way, if you have questions or if you want, you know, every Friday I send you a recipe, whatever, whatever you want to add in there, you can add in there. It doesn't really yeah. matter at that yeah. point. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is like, I mean, this gets is you out of that time for money loop too. And it also like makes, like you said, certain things a little bit more predictable. Like owning a business or so nothing's predictable. And then like owning a business during a global pandemic. Yeah. Like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No. (laughs) And you still don't, and you're never going to, but at least like if you're, if you're booking clients in this way, yeah, you kind of know, okay, Susie's going to wrap up at the end of June. So I'm going to have a space opening up and like, and you can just decide how many of those program clients feel good to you. Like right now I have that. And I like to have three in a program, three people in a long-term program. Right. That feels good. So it's like, I know, okay, someone's ending. I kind of need to get someone in that spot, but I'm not every week. Like "Ah, I need to get people in to fill spots. Like I was when I did massage and had hours just filling. It was like, I'd start the week with 20 sessions and by Monday, eight of them would cancel. And I'd be like, okay, well, like that's half my income. What the hell? Um, so it's restructuring my business in this way. Of course I totally changed everything. So it's not just the restructuring, but it's made a big difference. And then how I can kind of function and think about things. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a lot to think about girl. (laughs) Good. That's why you came. That's why you're on here. And then the other thing I want to say too. So in human design, you have an open root center, which is like the pressure to do things. It's that pressure to get things done, pressure to do all the things, pressure to work. And then you've got the open head center, which is like pressure to have it all figured out, pressure to have all the answers. So my coach calls it the pressure sandwich. So you've got both of them open and you're getting pressure from both sides. So you're going to feel that pressure, right? Um, And I would be interested if Matt has a defined route because I wonder like, do you feel more pressure once you get home? Like in your office, are you pretty chill? But as soon as you get home, is it like, I got to do all the things like you could be picking up his defined root energy. His pressure is like then amplifying through your body. Um, so when you feel that pressure, like how else can you release it? So sometimes when I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I'm like, Oh my God, Abby, go for a walk, put the fucking computer down, go for a walk get outside, like do some yoga, whatever is going to help me be like, it doesn't all need to get done today. Like the list is never going anywhere. You own a business. It's always going to be there. The world is not going to crumble and you're not going to die because you didn't do, like you didn't reach out to one client and to put our worth on that when really like in under a year, you've grown an extremely successful nutrition practice. Like it's silly to get wrapped up in those things. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like you're not celebrating the little wins along the way. I mean, are, is anyone celebrating anything these days? Can we celebrate this summer? <laughs> I'm going to be living my best life this summer. So yeah. 
we are going to live our best life. Well, I'll promise you this. We can, we will hang out this summer, socially distance, whatever, and celebrate. I will celebrate. Get it, even just celebrating getting through the last year. Yeah, like that in its own self is yeah. a big celebration. Or like even the little things, like the one time you do put, like, you know what I mean? Like instead of always being hard on yourself, like, oh, I shouldn't have posted. I'm so stupid. I made dinner and I didn't post it. It's like the times you do, you're like, yeah, Kara, oh my gosh, you're crushing it, right? Like how can you celebrate yeah. when you do show up um, instead of like being so hard on yourself? Right. I know we're always our, our worst critics, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot. Like you said, when we don't have a boss, like we have to be that for ourselves. So we're up in our own head of like, I didn't do enough. I'm I'm worthless. Like I'm never going to have a successful business, which isn't really true. Um, and just because you spent one day, you didn't call a few people, like the world isn't going to end. Right. Right. You know, and you're good at what you do and chances are referrals are going to start coming to you and other ways where you don't constantly have to be reaching out on, um, you know, like an app like that, a lead. I mean, you might still continue to use it, but I think you'll get busier where you're not constantly feeling like, eh. like I can, const- I can sustain myself with the growth that I'm just getting organically or, or whatever. Yeah. And then always check in with that gut center, you know, like you're a sacral generator. So like your gut is going to tell you, like, do you genuinely want to show up as an influencer? Do you see that as a reality for you? Or is that a should? Like, is that a pressure because you see so many nutritionists doing it? Is it like, oh, well, I should be doing that too. Or is it like, no, I genuinely, like, I could see you doing that if you wanted to. You're very personable and you like to speak. You like to educate. Like, I could see you doing that if you really wanted to. And it lit you up and it felt good, you know? If it's just like, well, that's what the other nutritionists are doing, then like, fuck it. Well, I keep thinking about you telling me like, follow your gut, follow your, like, listen to your gut. Since you said that to me, um, because Abby did a human design reading on me. Um, I said Abby because I'm talking to you. Um, but when you said that to me, I'm like, okay, Kara, like listen to your gut, listen to your gut. And I I have had moments where I've been a little since we chatted about that, like I have had moments where I've been more in tune of, okay, like this isn't this isn't a good fit. Like I don't need to just like sign up someone to sign up someone. Like this actually isn't a good fit for whatever reason, like, I don't need to keep pursuing this. I'm going to let this one go. And Um, I I think sometimes when we take desperately take anything that comes our way, that's like the energy we put back out. You know what I mean? Like, instead of being like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, this isn't really like, I actually can't really help you. You're looking for something that I don't even really excel in. And I sometimes think the universe is testing us, right? Like I just had that happen to me this week because I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm up leveling. So I had someone reach out for like massage. I had two people reach out for a massage. Like I felt like the universe was testing me. It was like, are you going to take this fast, easy money? Or are you going to say no? like, and I'm too busy. I'm really too busy to even do it. So I said no to all the things that came my way, but there was that tendency to be like, oh, well, it would be decent money. And maybe I should just do it. Like I would be a quick hundred bucks. Right. And then I was like, no, you're too busy as it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times that is what happens. It's like, if you, and if you say yes and you start, and then you're, then you're feeling shitty because you're doing all the stuff that you didn't actually even want to do with clients. You didn't, you're not even clicking with. (laughs) Yes. I don't listen. I click with a lot of them. I don't click with all of them. Yeah. You know, and if you get bad seeds and it's like, (sighs) yeah. And allowing yourself to listen to that gut on the, on the first call, that discovery call is going to prevent you like from getting into those from 
bringing on those you clients. Know. You know, the second, the second you start chatting, you know. Yeah. They say within like the first five minutes of a call, you know, if it's a fit or not for both the person hiring and the person coming in, like, um, and you don't have to just take everybody that out of desperation. Right. Right. And matter of fact, it's better not to, because those are a lot of times the clients that when you leave at the end of the day, you're like, Oh my God, they suck all the energy out of you. Exactly. Energy sucks. It's the worst. And then they keep you up late at night. Cause you're thinking about something they said. And it's like, Oh yeah, I hear you. I would vet some of your clients that you really enjoy that like really click with you that like maybe want a bit deeper or like someone who just bought five sessions, but has like, is like about to say to you, I want to buy more. Try to get them into a program like this, you know, I'm, I'm digging this. This, You gave me my homework for tonight. I want to like really lean into this. Yeah. Price it out. See what, like what price would feel good for you to be being paid monthly where you wouldn't care at all if they reached out plus whatever amount of sessions, like Maybe it's weekly, 30 minutes. Maybe it's bi-weekly. Like what, like that I do weekly, but that's only because it works for me. Like I, like I said, I used to do bi-weekly at the same exact price. I didn't charge any different. Um, but I didn't like it. I felt like on the off weeks, I felt like I just felt weird about it. Um, and so this, this round, I decided to try weekly. And one of the clients had actually worked with me the first time. And I said to her, I think I want to try weekly. She was like, okay. And so we, like, she didn't care. She wasn't like, oh my God, that's so weird. Um, yeah. And I'm liking it better. I, I just, I feel like I'm keeping up with them. Um, and then they're boxing me less because I'm just seeing them once a week. So right. Like, right. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't, for the most part, take advantage of the, like they box, they actually don't box me enough. I'm always like, why didn't you tell me that? Like over the, you know, in between calls. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing. Like, you know, and I do set boundaries on it. Like in my contract with them, I say like, um, I might not get back to you right away. Like it could take a day. Like I will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours, like that kind of a thing. Um, but people don't, people don't overdo it. So I haven't had any trouble yet. Yeah. How are you feeling? Good. Took notes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Lots of people do. I always laugh. People will be like, I'm sorry, I'm taking notes. I'm like, it's okay. It's, it is a coaching session. So it is pretty much, Literally. you know, you got to get your notes down. Got my notes down. <laughs> Oh, well, it was so awesome having you on. And I'm sure me and you will be chatting more about this off of the, off of the podcast, but, um, why don't you tell everybody like where they can find you, where they can find your business, web, email, Insta, whatever you want to do. Sure. So my website is nourishandnoshct.com and my Instagram is nourishnoshct and you can find me on Facebook, Nourish and Nosh Nutrition. Um, and but yeah, my, my website, I would say, even though I'm clearly terrible at social, I do try to keep up with the website because that is obviously content I own. So we've got a few really good blog articles up there. Um, so yeah, definitely my website's one of my favorite things that I do work on. Yeah. See, like you're all glowy again. So, and that's the other thing is like, listen to that. Like you don't have to do reels if you don't like reels you know what I mean like you got you have to do what works for you like that's why you opened a business was so you could be in the driver's seat was not so you could be like doing all this stuff that you hate right right all right my dear well it was wonderful to have you on um yeah yeah. and everybody (laughs) wait what'd you say but I hope to see you soon (laughs) yeah hopefully we'll see each other in real life soon And everybody else, thank you for tuning in to yet again another episode of Ask Abby. We will see you next time.